Welcome to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. On this week's episode, the guys talk all about how global warming and natural disasters are playing into your monthly housing payments, all while enjoying Old Forester 1920 Prohibition-style whiskey. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. My name is Charlie Sardelli, and as always, I'm here with... Jameson Amaros. Oscar Ibarra. Guys, thank you so much for joining us during the holidays, taking time out of your day to watch us. We're just three Colorado realtors with Fathom Realty out here talking about real estate and enjoying good bourbon. Hell yeah. And I'll tell you guys what, as, as happy as I was to have those old elk bottles, I'm excited to move away and, and get, get some more get some more variety variety in our yeah. life right yeah we're good um, bottles we're gonna yeah. spice it up a little bit they were good yes. bottles. Spice it and up. guys don't forget we you can find us on youtube at living in colorado the mile high perspective we drop our um our audio for the podcast every friday and video comes out normally anytime between monday and wednesday but we have more than just this podcast on there with community spotlights fun places to eat uh new build home tours stuff like that and more coming your way but guys we just we, first off what i want to <coughs> i want to talk about is we hit a pretty, uh, as Jameson dies today, yep. we hit a pretty significant milestone. We're all going to die. We're all gonna, you got Nicole um, over there. And we, I, I want to take the time just to say Merry to Christmas everybody, to everybody who listens, watches this podcast, thank you guys so much for all the love and support. We hit a phenomenal milestone for uh, Real Estate Served on the Rocks, and we have over now 1,000 downloads for this podcast, um, and that's just on one platform mm-hmm. alone. Uh, on YouTube, we're we're regularly reaching over six thousand viewers an episode with you know between views and stuff like that. And you guys are watching it like it's, yeah. it's not even like it's two minutes in. We're, we're getting thirty minutes of watch time on this, and that's awesome. Yeah, right. So thank guys, you. thank you so thank much. You. It's it's been such a cool journey. You know, for me as as a producer and a real estate agent to be working with these guys, learning and helping you guys learn while I'm learning. It's not only been an honor, but it's it's been one of the most fun things that I've done. Hell yeah! No, you it's know, awesome. And, and and I mean, thank the viewers, but thank you guys. I'm proud of all of us for sticking to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it well, literally came out of a conversation at Top Golf. Right. Yeah. This guy was top one percent. I think this yeah. guy yeah, was, was gonna say. adamant. <laughs> like, we need to talk. We need to film this. And I remember JC and I were like, hmm. I was like, yeah, really? Well, and, and JC was like, well, we can make it happen. And James was like, yes. And then <laughs> it didn't happen just then. But then he brought it up again. And it happened. Yeah. And then we had that, we, we interviewed some weird dude. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm pretty sure Charlie and I can figure this out. And then Charlie's like, let me, let me figure this let out. Let me cook, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, I want to put a flashback of the, <laughs> the fucking, the first the, episode. The whiteboard. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it the was, it was Charlie after. doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> this, or, or, and we were in the, the we were mic. in that little cramped office. Yeah. <laughs> and Charlie's over there with like a, you know, old school, like laser pointer, like, okay, next topic, guys. My, okay, next topic. I, I right, kept so on tapping on the mic. My eyes were everywhere, but the camera. You know, but I mean, it's so cool to see the growth. And, and again, just the structure of the podcast having, you know, t- to the point where we have, we have companies sending us bottles yeah. to try, you know, that was really cool. We're extremely lucky. And we have some big things coming down the line for you guys uh, in the future. We're, we're we're gearing up to do to do some special stuff. Yep. So uh, stay tuned. Keep watching. Did the guys. you did you tell him yet? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I already oh, yeah. told him. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, we're gonna keep it a secret yeah. from you because yeah. it was, we don't want to jinx it. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. But really cool, really cool stuff in the works in the background. Yeah, I got a text guys. message from uh, somebody today, um, family member from way way out lives in Connecticut. He's like, hey, just wanted to you know drop a line. Like I've been watching a lot of your podcasts. You guys are absolutely amazing. You're doing some great work. And I was like, oh sweet, from, awesome. from Connecticut. It's awesome, man. Right? It's, it's cool. You know, it's cool. It is. It is. My mom says she loves me. 
Right. I was gonna say it's a, like thank shout out grandma. Yep. Shout grandma Glennon, thank yeah. you so much. She grandma. watched every episode. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but guys, today, honestly, it's it's fitting for for Jameson's cough and, and little little stuffiness that he has going on. The uh this the bullshit. The the bourbon <laughs> or the whiskey that we're gonna be trying today is uh from Old Forester. It's from their whiskey row series. It is their nineteen twenty prohibition style uh whiskey. And it's actually fitting because last week was the the ninetieth yeah, we're celebrating the 90th anniversary of the repeal of Prohibition. Mm-hmm. And I For figured... those of you that weren't alive back then in 1920, <laughs> it was when the U.S. outlawed. They thought it was a good idea to keep well, the one thing, it was take the... away the one thing that kept the people civil. Yep, exactly. <laughs> right. And the, the, the Great Depression mm-hmm. caused its repeal and... Yep. Politics. Yep. I mean, hell, we wouldn't we wouldn't have NASCAR if it wasn't for prohibition. No, we you would know? Not. So, <laughs> so Oscar, tell us a little bit about Old Forester. I know this is a Old Forester is a company that you that you hold near and dear, and yeah. you said that this is one of your bottles, your go tos. Yeah. So this bottle is um is one of the few bottles that uh, Gabe and I used to drink. Oh, and okay. He used to love this 1920. Uh, he said it, it was dessert to him. So it's 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 okay. 150. I'm gonna pour proof, it out while Oscar's talking. But it's 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 good. Hold on, we'll hold talk on. Repeat that. Repeat that proof for the for the listeners. 115. We left with the last bottle being 80 proof. So I figured we'd kick it up a notch. Two prohibition is the anniversary, 90 years since the repeal, and it's medicinal. So Jameson being sick just all ties it in. Yeah, when he says it's medicinal, it it says it on the label. Yep. Right. Yep. So <laughs> back. When they, when prohibition happened, um, it was the Volstead Act of 1920 that allowed these distilleries to keep distilling. But people were dying after prohibition because people were drinking tainted moonshine. Mm-hmm. So thousands of people were dying. And obviously we were going through the, the Great Depression and President Roosevelt said, let's, let's stop. Yeah. You know, I don't think safety was the biggest concern, but what's always demanding in politics money right so they figured bringing uh, alcohol back it would create jobs and yep. you know because because bars were you know they weren't making money people were drinking tainted moonshine mm-hmm. dying so they they he spun it and ran on that and that helped him be elected and then they repealed um prohibition so it's been 90 years since then they started with three two beer and wine um but it 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 happened so on um, the prohibition style, the Bolstead Act of 1920, um, which initiated prohibition in the U.S., granted permits to six distillers in Kentucky to continue to bottle bourbon for medicinal purposes. Through one of these permits, Old Forester continued to be the uh, to produce its medical whiskey in Louisville's famed Whiskey Row, the only bourbon to continuously continuously sold by the same company that has been available before, during, and after Prohibition. That's awesome. And on the bottle here, it, so what Jameson says, you know, it's saying on the bottle, right on the front of the label, it says, during Prohibition, Old Forester was bottled as medicinal whiskey at 117 West Main Street under Kentucky permit number three. The typical barrel proof at that time prior to bottling was 115. So it makes sense as this is why they're Prohibition style because it's at 115. And I'll tell you what, the higher the alcohol content, I'm sure it kills more bacteria. I, well, I was going to say, we're going to have a great case study because right now I am sick as shit. Yeah. But after a couple of pours of this, you might be better. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. About to hop back on my uh, wagon and hit up the Oregon Trail afterwards. So it did win a um, gold medal at the San Francisco Spirits Competition in 2023. Nice. Really? Yep. 
Okay. I mean, and, and that's something, and we've talked about it before. What's so cool about bourbon is, you know, there's traditional styles, there's Kentucky, the limestone, yeah. whatever it is. But I'm, I mean, I feel like this is just straight time traveling. Yeah. You know, because if this is the same mash bill that came out of the barrel when it was medicinal, I'd be interested to, to see. Like, and Jay, I'm, I'm genuinely interested to see how you feel, James. I yeah. <laughs> walk out of here like, and be a man. Because how much, you always, you always think about it, like at 115 proof, that's 58. 50 yeah 58 percent right so it's it's almost like okay so was it a good medicine or was it a phenomenal placebo right well, right like so, i feel great yeah <laughs> when you take <laughs> when you take painkillers right uh-huh. you know it's still you know a drug going into your body and it's yep. numbing why not just take some bourbon yeah well Absolutely. i mean they used to and you have they, a little bit of fun i, I don't remember last time i took tylenol I was like woohoo the right. original Coca-Cola had cocaine in it. You're right. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, well it's still, and it still does have cocaine in it. It's just stripped of some. Yeah, but some back elements. when Coca-Cola had cocaine in it, they were also performing lobotomies. So <laughs> probably not a good thing. Hey, I'm not going to lie, man. I've met a couple people that I Need would it. benefit from one. <laughs> Legitimately. Well, Give I'll me tell five you, minutes like, to talk to somebody. Like, you know what they should bring back for you? Lobotomies. A lobotomy. Yeah. One thing I, I will say right out of the bat. I mean, <coughs> last week, if you watch last week's episode, you'll see what the color of that bourbon yeah. looked like. And we were blown away by it. Yep. But what? Yeah. I'm sorry. This is like the color on this is just like a deep amber, like yeah. almost, almost, almost red. Yeah. Almost red. Brown. And red. it's, I mean, I would venture to say funny. that out of all the bourbons that we've tried, this is my favorite. Like I would love to have this bourbon encased in like a, like a little metal, like a little glass ball mm-hmm. and wear it as a pendant. Like yeah, it's, this, a be- it's a beautiful color. It is. Like, like Angelina, Joey, and Brad Pitt. Then they have the, like the vials of their own blood. Was, Did they? Yeah, it's oh wow! Sure. Okay, Jolene, 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 Jolene. Uh, anyway, I will say it's. We're listening to Dolly Parton. Sorry. I mean, on the nose, it, it's, it, it it's ethanol heavy. Like obviously, you, you know. You know what's it's super hot. funny about that? Maybe you, I do have COVID. <laughs> you can't smell it. If you can't taste it, dude, is this six feet? Right. Um, no, I mean. It doesn't burn. No. Okay. I was going to say. It smells like alcohol, but it does not burn. I'm getting zero burn. Yeah. I'm not getting any burn. I'm I'm not getting any burn at all. I mean, that's bullshit. Right? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like we should be able to light this on fire. Yeah. Right? Like, honestly, that flavor is coming through wild for it to be that high. I'm getting a lot of vanilla. I'm getting a lot of fruit. Yeah. I mean, I read Yes. Like dried fruit. I read all this, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to say anything. Okay, yeah. Getting a good amount of figs. Yeah. That caramel, ca- caramel. Um, you guys killed me with it now. I'm super conscious of it. But that and the vanilla come through so much stronger and sweeter. And, uh, you know, you said Gabe said that this was the dessert. He said he liked it. It was like dessert. Yeah. Him. This huh. is, I mean, just on the nose. This, I would say that the, the nose on this, the sweetness on the nose compared to, compares to that weeded. Yeah, the weeded yeah. old elk that we had two weeks ago. You can smell that mm. that that more sugary grain in there. Well, I mean, you can look at the viscosity the on it. Like, yeah, I was going to look for the mash bill. I was going to say, yeah. Did you see if you could find the mash bill? I'm 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 really interested. But I mean, yeah. Like, but again, this is considered a a a whiskey, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, so so it's not. So it's going to be. It should be less than fifty one percent corn. Hmm. 
was looking for the mash bill earlier, and they, they don't make it easy. I was going to, I mean, if they, they probably can't find it. It's probably stuck in some barrel that they hit during. Well, this is, well, <laughs> this is, the, this pays Amish because yeah. of proof and everything to what was sold still. So 100 years and, yeah. and, and going. All right. Well, gentlemen, cheers. I'm going to go ahead cheers. and get that first sip in. Bro, shout out to Gabe. Oh my God, not no joke. Wow, it's sweet at 115. Wow, no, and I mean, what's incredible with this is, I think that the burn, the alcohol, complements the flavor. Like it's it's mm. almost part of the flavor. Yeah. Versus it actually being like full in your mouth and, and it hits you immediately. I felt the the alcohol hit my tongue and then just pop through the mm -hmm. rest of my tongue, almost cover mm -hmm. it. And then it evolved through like that wood, the spice. And on that back end, man, it's, yeah. Chocolatey, vanilla, caramel. The, the complexity on this is incredible. Just like, yeah, it's, it. again, I was reading up on it. Yeah. And it's because I've already read it. I'm, yeah. It's hitting all the notes. Yeah. I was like, man, there's a lot going on here. Hold on. So, Jameson, what are you? Are you getting anything with with your with your sickliness? I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, already. One Wait, sip. can you taste one and yeah. smell? Can you, can I can you... taste it. I can taste. Yeah. Okay, good. So it's I not COVID. It. It's not COVID. It's not think. COVID. It's not COVID. Man, that's. I gotta be. You know, I'm like, no, I. Gotta I be uh, with it this. almost has a sour finish for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. What's it? What's What's the age? On these uh, oh, man. Again, I want to say six. Years. They were paying homage to just being prohibition, so that's yeah. kind I'm of. I'm just, I'm getting, I'm just getting some wood, yep. like the grain, yeah. the wood grain in the aftertaste, but and just the color alone. The sugar, the sugar from that interplay mm -hmm. of the alcohol and the wood is in there. Yep. Um, but yeah, I agree that the, uh, the alcohol complements it, or the ethanol, I guess, taste complements <laughs> it. The unleaded. It gives it a little bit of a, an edge to it, but it melts away pretty quick. Man, they have a. A pretty rich history too, Old Forester. Well, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's it goes on and on. That's why I think it, it goes more into their history than their mash bill. Yeah, that. yeah. These guys. Were I mean, this is around for a while. Wow, that's good though. Yeah, that is. And they have a lot of bottles too. I also, I also get the feeling because of the ethanol heavy side of it, mm -hmm. uh, JC's glass is going to open up really. Yes. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, well, and that's really what I was going to say too. Like it's it's with how. I mean, we didn't even open the bottle before. No. Like, we didn't do a pre-pour, neck-pour, nothing. This was the neck-pour. Right. And the fact that it's that, like, okay. It, it makes sense that this was a medicinal, a medicinal whiskey because it's not – I, I could well, take this like a, like a little, like little shot yeah. glass of uh, – It's kind of like that they, they hide the flavor of medicine with flavor. Yeah. yeah. Can we go back to that? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean – why not? Like, right. I'd love to walk into a Walgreens and instead of, like, you go to, like, cold and flu. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, you've got Zyrtec and you've got NyQuil and you've got Dayquil and you've got Mucinex and so on and so forth. I just... Old person. <laughs> bourbon. Just right. roll, bourbon. I, I, just roll bourbon. Roll bourbon. I won't tell you who. Uh -huh. um, I have a few doctors and nurses and whatnot in the family. Um, one of them called me up and said, just drink some bourbon. You don't need to take Advil. Yeah. I was like, Okay. <laughs> straight from the, from the mouth to the horse or how does it right. go yeah. <laughs> straight from the mouth straight to the from ears, the bourbon to the throat i don't, yeah, know. I don't know whatever however that goes and i was like sure and, and i, I love my arm i love the mental image of like a 
a mom just like two o'clock in the morning, baby's just colicky crying. Yeah. Here's some bourbon. Uh, and just dipping her finger. All right, maybe in not the babies. All right, but on. they did that though. Yeah, they put it for, their, for their teeth. Yeah, yeah I know. They, they they my cocaine. grandma still did it. Yep. Yeah, they did that for <laughs> but cocaine. She did with on rums. These. Yeah. <laughs> you just dip it. Yeah, let me just get a little rub in there. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? You gotta go so, back to that, man. That's, <laughs> those are the good old days. So right? on the aroma, an intense medley of cherry preserves, drippy caramel. I don't know what that means. Drippy caramel. Drippy, drippy caramel. Dark chocolate, thickened maple syrup, and seasoned oak spiciness. Yeah, see, the oak is what I got. A drippy mouthfeel, a drippy. The taste, <laughs> drippy. I don't know, drippy. I love, I'm sorry. I drippy. Do. It's well, so good. okay. There, there's hard caramel yep. candy and yeah. soft, maybe drippy. Like yeah, it's, it's more runny, so it's like sweeter. A maybe? All right. Anyway, syrup. continue. Anyway, <laughs> the taste: dark caramel coats of layers of malt, nuttiness, and sweet graham cracker, all warmed by green peppercorn. And coriander spice brightened with hints of cedar. The yeah, cedar, yeah. The, the cedar is what I'm getting. The cedar is definitely. And it, that sounds that. complex, but that's yes. kind of yeah. No, it, I get, I can, I get all of that. Yeah, absolutely. The finish is tart apple crisps. Give, uh, gives way to a long, smoky, full finish of toasted marshmallows, chocolate, graham yeah. cracker, sweetness. Yo, oh Forrester, whoever you're hiring to do your descriptions, this is the first one that we've had that I think is like spot on. Well, also, he basically <laughs> just said, "Hey, how do I make a s'more sound fancy?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, it works, man. As somebody who's who's checking out the marketing scene, that, that's. Phenomenal. I always think it's funny too. Like every time we do these and we go through like what the the notes are, yeah. And in my, like you ha- you say the words right, mm-hmm. so we had like cedar, peppercorn, graham cracker, marshmallow, drippy car- caramel, nutmeg, and oak. Right? And I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, that also makes sense. But then if I were to take all of those ingredients, just put them on a plate and be like, hey, take a bite. That's what you should do. <laughs> like, what just the fuck is this? Yeah. Put it like, all in a blender. Just, here you go. just get a Nutribullet and be like, hold up. I got something for you. <laughs> I'm going to make you some old Forrester. <laughs> oh, man. So take another drink. Yeah. The sweetness, it's, it's more, yeah. it's more um, I'll tell you what, pronounced. I'm sure. <laughs> take your medicine, man. Just sit there and take your medicine. I'm just blown away by, by how smooth it is at 100. I, I already took a picture of this label. So yeah. anybody, anybody that comes at me goes, You're, why are you drinking whiskey? You're sick. I'm just going <laughs> to. It's medicinal, yep. right? It's what it is. It's medicinal whiskey. It's great. And I do like it, though. This, mm-hmm. ha, actually, no, we'll, do, we'll save it till Before, yeah. during, and after. Yeah. They've been strong. Uh, yeah. Prohibition. That's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, again, Prohibition. Uh, one of my years. other favorite uh, Forrester bottles is their Statesman. is really good, mm-hmm. too. I think that I saw that one, too. I, I saw that, but I haven't had this one in a while. Yeah, no, this they do have a pretty expansive line of. Uh, oh, they have a of lot of yeah. whiskeys, um, but their I statesman's mean, good. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've had the prohibition style. So, this, yeah, this I'm is. Glad I mean, you, I'm I, glad you brought this in. This is it. I, I for me, it's cool because every time we have like a bourbon that that I'm just like, oh wow, like first sip, yeah, immediately I'm like, add that to the log of what I have to buy for the next camping trip. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, this is definitely a good camping trip. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, some s'mores on the fire with the, oh man, oh, with some you, peppercorn yes. and maybe yeah. some cedar planks. Oh and man, some rosemary, <laughs> some maybe, drippy caramel, some yeah, drippy some drippy caramel. <laughs> just Oscar sounds, sounds like, over fire sounds like a great, caramel. just melted into a pot. Well, guys, as we uh, as we <laughs> sip through and we enjoy this, um, enjoy this prohibition style from Old, Old Forester. The topic that we want to talk today is is a little a little like this bourbon, a little little warming, right? It is warming, <laughs> warming globally, globally warming. Now, guys, today, um, you know, something that something that we've seen a lot of, and Colorado's a leading example of it, is we have stuff happening like natural disasters that are really affecting you know insurance rates, and are even having some insurance providers pull out of areas specifically because they don't want to want to insure it. And what we're seeing is the cost of, of a living is rising and owning uh-huh. a home is rising 
because I mean, and I don't know if you guys are experiencing this, but it's been huge in the news in Colorado. <laughs> Uh, Castle Rock has like something going on with their HOAs where their, oh, their insurance one skyrocketed. Of them, one of them was just them being stupid and bought the wrong insurance policy. But the other one was based off of uh, yeah. hail damage. Yeah. Well, it's, so my insurance went up, right? A lot of them here in Colorado because mm-hmm. of hail damage. Yep. We had the, the, there were back-to-back hail damage, uh, hail storms here in Colorado. You could, uh, and this will segue um, to what we're talking about. Can you imagine, I can, I can understand why Big insurances are, are pulling out of like New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're below sea level. I mean, it happens more times than not. Yeah, but look at us. I mean, we, we're you got to think too. But, California. Yeah, so California is another one. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it said that annually, um, wildfires, uh, erosion, and sea level rise uh, cost somewhere around three hundred million to three point nine billion in um, real estate losses annually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the other, here's something, and obviously guys, you know us, we, we like to stay in the middle on these kinds of things. I, somebody would argue yes, no, whatever it is. Again. Yeah, if I see one comment that goes, global warming's not real, it's 38 degrees outside. Like, whoo. Well, yeah, it's cool to shit As soon as I here, take this so. medicine, I'm, <laughs> Well, come on. What, what, what I'm trying to say is like, Irregardless of that fact, right? Like, regardless of we're not talking you, about that. We're well, talking yeah. about the real estate portion. We're, we're talking about how is it how it is affecting yes. the American pocket yeah. and adding to the already stressful market that we're experiencing. Yeah, and I think you can you can preface it uh, by if if you guys want to watch this and don't want to take the you know the climate change argument, what you can say is okay, let's keep all things equal, right? And we have the same amount of hurricanes, the same amount of flooding, the same amount of severe storms but our population is growing mm-hmm. and the amount of houses that are being pushed into areas that otherwise were no, were not populated before. Yep. Right. Like, I mean, look at Colorado, man, you go up to uh, drive down I 70 going towards like Idaho Springs and all those multimillion dollar homes yep. are sitting in these, in these peaks that mm-hmm. haven't been hit by wildfires yet. You go down to Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, the whole mountain shadows area, black forest, you go out to the, Hugo, Hageman, to, the Hageman fire, Lost Creek wilderness. Yep. If you go out to California, I mean, mm-hmm. they're running out of space to build because really you've got the coast and then you've got death Valley. So yep. in between is just mountains. So all the, the population, and we have to put houses somewhere, right? Colorado's a big one. So one of the, one of the biggest, um, Weld County is the number one county in the United States for tornadic activity. So on right? average, you get 53 tornadoes a year yes. here in Colorado, and they're all east of I-25, Correct. which is Weld County, and you head Scouty south, and, and then you know, Lamar hits gets hit a lot. Yep. So maybe this episode not, you know, quote unquote, climate change or natural disasters and climate change. Yeah, yeah and I think exactly. it's just how climate yes. is affecting yes. real estate. From what Jameson said, we have west of I-25, I- I- mm-hmm. you have wildfires. Mm-hmm. There's our mountainous. We're primarily Denver is in the in the plains mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then so east of i-25 you have tornadoes mm-hmm. yep. so in between that you have hail we yeah. have hail well, and that's yeah. and that's the exact thing and it's funny because you know we've seen it, all of us here in colorado we, we kind of have a trifecta going on when it comes to insurances we hit the highest you know uh, auto theft yep. in the country last year yeah they stole the mayor's car yep <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. were like what are you going to do about this you know auto theft and mm-hmm. he kind of leisurely said that he's going to do something and then they stole his car. Yep. Maybe we'll find out. But maybe, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but it's it's it, the one thing that I like. I said is that I want to focus on is it. There are factors out of our control that yes. no matter what we do, we can't control what's going to happen with say like insurance companies, Correct. right? Yeah. And and what we're finding is places like Florida, Colorado, California, 
these insurance companies are legitimately backing out because just as an example, the Boulder fires that we had uh -huh. now two years ago, that reached over $2 billion in damages, yeah. right? That as an insurance company, insurance companies, like again, at this level, at our level of the totem pole in the, in the economic status, when we hear billions, it's hard for us to fathom sure. what, what billions means, yeah. right? But with insurance companies, they have to pay that. Like, mm -hmm. like right. they can go to court. They can try and fight certain things, as Excel was trying to do. All, all these companies were trying to do. But it, people are paying. Like, it's a service they have to provide. So, all the insurance companies can do is like, "Yo, we can't. Right. We, we can't support you yes. guys. This is this is happening way too fast, way too much." Yes. And as a homeowner, um, when you're faced with your monthly payment, mm -hmm. you don't really want to add more insurance that you have to, right? Yep. And a lot of these insurance companies. They don't cover a lot of the natural disasters, mm -hmm. earthquakes, floods, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, they force you, uh, lenders do at least, to get flood insurance if you're on the flood on the floodplain, right? Mm -hmm. And that map is, I think, revamped every hundred years. Or it's years. it's guided by one hundred years. Yeah. How many floods happen in one hundred years? <laughs> well, and it, I talked about an, yeah. uh, in past episodes. I had a house in Wheat Ridge, no body of water, but it was on that floodplain. Yeah, basically they they do it where there's a there. Any homes that have a 1% chance of flooding in the next 100 years is put on that flood map. But to, to kind of, and I, I just want to like not tie, tie this in a bow, but like, I don't know, set a precedent how we're going to talk about it. So when we talk about climate in homes, there's like kind of three areas that we talk about. Insurance costs, right, which affects cost of living, property taxes, mm -hmm. and home valuations. And then to me, the big one's going to be like migration patterns of where people yeah. are going to be moving in the future mm -hmm. and where they're going to be moving out of it into. So yep. I think we can stop, we can start with the insurance because that's the biggest one. I think that obviously hits people's pockets. It's been a big topic. Um, well, and, and I'm wondering if insurance hedge their bets by, you know, the wildfire in, in Boulder County. In Superior? Um, if that happened in another county, let's say, I don't know, wherever Rifle is. Mm -hmm. I don't know what county that is. Eagle, um, I think. I think it's further west, it's but further west? Yeah. the property damage is not going to be the same. Mm -mm. You know, there's the the average house there is about two hundred thousand. <laughs> Jimson, who lives Look, out there, right? Okay, but perfect, Oscar. Perfect example. Look what just happened to Highlands Ranch. Right. Oh yeah, Highlands right? Ranch got <laughs> hammered. <laughs> I, like, I forgot that's a, that's about a that. Town. If you look at that, like if if, if yeah. you look at it, it and hit you go just Highlands Ranch yeah. too. And if you look, at, a little you see but. Denver, and you go, wait a second, Highland, how the hell did none of these places get hit? But this place got wrecked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I, I forgot all about that. And I showed mm -hmm. a property and it said, please look at um, supplements. Yep. And in the supplements, it it went back to the tornado. It yep. had flooded the basement. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, man, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. It destroyed Highlands Ranch. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I think so in, in, in relation to climate. And that was west of I-25, by the way. It mm -hmm. was. Yeah. Uh, yes. We get a lot of tornadoes, but they don't really touch down. Yeah. This one Rarely. not only not hit east, it hit west and yep. it trashed mm -hmm. Highlands Ranch. But yep. from an insurance standpoint, the um, the concern going forward is as climate change or anything else continues to happen, you're just going to have more populations in larger areas, right? So Colorado, and we talked about this on a previous episode, we are number two in the nation in natural disaster claims for insurance, mm -hmm. which is crazy to me. Number one's California, number two is Colorado, number three is Florida. So what? What? But what do we? We're number one in hail. Hail. Yeah. Okay. So and, that's big. And that's right. And that's uh, all. Tie yeah. into that after yeah. you're so done. So that's the big one. So the concern is, and I, we're going to take this from a home buyer and home seller standpoint, 
is there, these are just things you have to think about, right? Because we always talk, anytime somebody moves to Denver, and you and I joke about this all the time, like, where's all the snow? Mm -hmm. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. man, we're in a high desert plain. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't get snow. We're on something called the Palmer Divide. We're at 5,300 feet above sea level, 6,400 if you're down in Castle Rock, 51 if you're up in Fort Collins. But regardless, the storms roll off the mountains, they build up all this energy, and then they drop it on the Denver metro area. And Denver has a ton of new builds that are going up. Check out our YouTube channel for some of those tours. And the more those houses get put up and the more expensive those materials are, there's just a greater chance of hail damage affecting a larger area of homes. And because of that, you've got the insurance companies that over the last five years in Colorado, for every dollar in premium they've taken in monthly, they've paid out sixty. Mm-hmm. So they've lost 60 cents for every premium they take in. If that's, I mean, obviously it's not sustainable, right? Mm-hmm. So what do they have to do? They got to raise a premium yep, in premiums. order to keep, keep up, mm-hmm. right? So these are just some things to consider when you're looking at either buying a house or selling your house, looking at the roof certification, getting a roof certification. You know, it matters if you've got a class three or a class four shingle. It matters if you have really good roofing contacts that can yes. get things done and work with the right insurance, you know, work yeah. with the right insurance people. Uh, a personal example for me, my parents just got dropped from progressive. They've never had a claim in five yeah. years. But Progressive goes, hey, you know what? Based on our algorithm, you're in Castle Rock. It's a higher fire danger zone. So uh, we'll run your premium through July. Then you have to find somebody else. And we had a we had an insurance agent in one of the first episodes mm-hmm. that we, we did. And also know how to structure your insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, go back and check that out. Yeah, go back and check it out three. because we talked about how so, madam, yep. you, know, you want to up your deductible. Yep. You don't want to claim and that's cost less than, let's say, two grand. If it's a $500 fix, do it yourself. Yep. yep. It, it doesn't mess with the insurance because that stays on record. And you can write it off. And, you know, yeah, you yeah. can write it off. And mm-hmm. you up it 1000 maybe 1500 because if it's more than 1500 then you got to get the insurance involved, right? Mm-hmm. And on top of that, when we were talking about the floodplains, um, my client had to take it uh, the way it was because he went to FHA and there's only a few that, that, that do flood insurance. So it was ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the premium was ridiculous. An insurance agent said the agent should have told you up that deductible way up. Mm-hmm. The, the house didn't even have a basement. It was in crawl space. Yep. So why are you insuring crawl space? Let it flood. Yep. Let yep. it flood and, and, and up the deductible as much as you can to lower that premium. Well, you could yeah. do that. No one says that you can't up your deductible. Up it as much as you can. The chances of it flooding are slim to none. And if it does... What are you going to insure? Well, your on, furnace on down that there too. Like right. that's a great. So understand what you're doing. But that's a that's a great point too, Oscar. Because a, a lot it, of people. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's. Well, just and a lot of people forget, you know, how premiums work, mm-hmm. right? Premiums, and and uh, premiums are, are what you pay throughout your term, right? Mm-hmm. But your um, sorry, the word just escaped me. The what you pay the deductible. your deductible. Your deductible is what you have to pay out of pocket before insurance picks up, right? Correct. So what, what Oscar's talking about with that being up your deductible, right? I think that is a phenomenal way to think about it because if you have something that goes wrong with the house when it comes to a natural disaster, what percentage of the time is that going to cost less than $1,500? Right. Right? I mean, I had my roof replaced and um, my roofer did a bunch of other small jobs that the hail did mm-hmm. damage and it was, I think it was 35 grand. Right? Yeah. But, but to my point is, is if you're going to spend that regardless, right? If... if whether your your deductible is a thousand, whether your deductible is two thousand, if the total project is mm-hmm. going to come out to thirty five thousand dollars, I would much rather pay two thousand dollars and go. Yeah, I would have had to pay thirty five anyway. So here, right. here, you know, here you go, and you take the rest of it. But again, in this day and age, what we're all doing financially, 
is we're playing the waiting game. Mm -hmm. Like I know myself personally, I'm putting everything on monthly payments because I know I can survive monthly. If I start looking at what a mortgage is going to cost 30 years or, or what a premium does in six months, then I'm going to go, ah, shit, I don't, that's that scary amount of money. Yeah. But if you break it down to the monthly payment, and that's exactly why Oscar and Silk also mentioned, hey, manage your monthly, right? If you're, so by Silk upping, was the insurance agent. Silk, yeah. yeah. Silk was the, the insurance agent we had on. So how it works is if you up your deductible, lowers that, your premium. it lowers your premium, right? Mm -hmm. So by lowering your premium, you're paying less monthly because your premium is divided whether six months, 12 months for your coverage. So by upping your deductible, it's taking your monthly payments down. And guess what? You can change that virtually at as much point. as you want at any point, right? So let's say you go through a stint, you go, ah, shit, I know something's coming. These next five months are not going to be easy. Up that deductible mm -hmm. and make your monthly payments a little bit lower. And then when stuff gets easy, you get a bonus check, whatever. Cool. I have a little bit of breathing room. I can go back down. I can manage these monthly payments. But that's, that's a great point. Why pay for, for a premium that is way more expensive if you have a $500 deductible mm -hmm. when chances are that you may not, right. you, you may yeah. not use it. And the difference is do the math between how much your premium is going to lower and um, with your deductible if something happens. Mm -hmm. And sometimes these companies work with you anyway. Yes. And um, the one insurance policy that or insurance realm world that I hate is medical. I mean, it's oh, so yeah. expensive for self um, self-employed people. Um, I think the last insurance company that we were with, I was paying up towards a thousand dollars for my family plan. Mm -hmm. And I still had to pay out of pocket mm -hmm. most of the time. And they had like a six thousand dollar cap for each one of us. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, I could have probably saved money if I would have went and paid the doctors out of pocket. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, so that's I, I do doing. the math on that all the time. Yeah, yeah that's what I've been doing. So, just paying out of pocket. you know, the homeowner's insurance, same way. Do mm -hmm. the math on your deductible because you, you have to have insurance, right? Yeah. If you have a loan, you have to have insurance. Plus, it's probably a good idea because if your house burns down, um, I mean, unless you're wealthy, you're not going to have, you know, $800,000 to replace your property, mm -hmm. $500,000, whatever the case may be. But do the math on your deductible and your premium and, you know, find out what works for you monthly. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, that's, that's the insurance portion of it. Right. And, and, you know, obviously we could go into, that could be another whole episode in itself, but on, you know, away from insurances, you also have our inventory issue, mm -hmm. right. Is, Oh, Hey, you know, where we need to build more houses, we need more inventory. And then you have States like Florida, you have States like Louisiana that they kind of have like this double-edged sword because when people move there and they build, they want to build on the water, right? That's why, that's why they live there, right? Cause they want to enjoy that. But now what we're seeing is some builders won't touch certain areas mm -hmm. and insure as sure as hell won't touch those, those, those areas, right? Because we've seen an increase in hurricanes, in mm -hmm. natural disasters and in their intensity. Mm -hmm. Like that's not, not only their frequency, but their intensity. Correct. Like, you know, you go back 25, 30 years, we had, we had, we had some, some, some bad ones mm -hmm. that would come through regularly, but I mean, how many how many times have we named a tropical storm at this point? Yeah, you know, in the last well, ten years. And I, I I may or may not have a resolution to that. Um, what's the um, the one city of Ven Venice or mm -hmm. in oh yeah, water? yeah 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 Italy mm -hmm. Louisiana blow the levee make a U.S. Venice <laughs> yeah yeah the problem is the problem is Venice is going to disappear in the next ten to fifteen yeah, years. Yeah, so exactly. well you know we got at least ten to fifteen years. I mean come right. on if there was ever a city that needed a bath. 
It was uh, New Orleans. That's true. I mean, that, yeah, who said that? I'd, I think I'd it was Chappelle. I don't know if I'd bathe in those waters. But, you know, <laughs> I think Chappelle said that. Yeah. That's not for me. Don't, don't quote me on that. <laughs> no, but I think you're right. As an insurance company, you got to look at all. Yeah. Well, and the problem is, like, so I don't know if you guys, this is probably, I think this is in early October, maybe late September. Uh, and this is outside the U.S. It's in Acapulco. Mm-hmm. And there was a hurricane. Acapulco. Yeah, it was a hurricane that was approaching Acapulco. And at the time, it was a tropical storm. It was like 75-mile-an-hour sustained winds. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, it looks like it's going to head this way, and it'll make landfall in the next 48 hours. In that 48 hours, it intensified from a Category 1 to a Category 5 mm-hmm. to the point where they couldn't evacuate people because they didn't realize what was happening Mm -hmm. and it hit with 160 mile an hour winds right the whole city's devastated Mm -hmm. so it's not even that like the frequency of the events are increasing per se but the intensity yes right and again if you want to take this not as a climate change argument then it's not the intensity of them happening is getting worse but when they do hit there's just more people living and that will be affected right yeah Uh, clark clark uh clarkson tennessee Mm -hmm. two days ago Got hit by an EF3 tornado yep. right outside of Nashville, right? Like yeah, imagine, imagine a, an F3 tornado. I mean, the one that hit Highland Ranch was an F1. So it was like mm-hmm. the very most mild version. An F3 tornado hitting a city of 900,000 people. Mm-hmm. Like in, in 10 years ago, that city may have only had 400,000. Now that's yep. a great point. That's a great you point. Know? Even if you don't want to talk about it as, as climate change, we are overpopulated Correct. in certain exactly. areas. So it's, it's, it costs money mm-hmm. to replace. Exactly. And these insurance companies can't keep up because the replacement costs have also gone up, right? Yep. That you you kind of touched on it, but like mm-hmm. the replacement costs of your house on an insurance policy, mm-hmm. it may only be 600,000, but if I want to rebuild my house right now, it's going to cost me 800,000, right? Yeah. So the insurance companies now have to go, okay, I have to pay that if something does happen. And the, the, the problem with something like a natural disaster, like a tornado or a hailstorm or a deep freeze, like we saw in Houston, Texas, you know, five years back, whatever it is, a hurricane, is when those do happen, it's not one or two houses, it went from like maybe 150 houses to like 500 houses to mm-hmm. now like 1,500 houses because the population density is continuing to expand. I think that's that's the word. And the that's density. and that's what it is, right? So when, when you guys are looking at purchasing or looking at selling and moving to a different area, the one thing we want you guys to look at is the insurance because mm-hmm. Charlie touched on it. There's a lot of areas of the country that insurances companies are pulling out. And you know and the stigma stays to, with the house sometimes. Oh, right, yeah, they, they won't insure because the house has exactly. had too many claims. Yep, mm-hmm. and you're uh, and now you're looking at you know I think California and Florida, Colorado's got it on the docket for an insurance of last resort. Yep, which is going to be funded by the state, mm-hmm. and now you're only going to have one choice, which that's not a good thing either because if you have no insurance companies to compete against each other, you're going to be forced to pay higher rates. Right. So mm-hmm. when you're looking at different areas, well, one of the th- one of the things that people look at last when they go under contract because our deadlines are you know 21 days out for. For insurance. Uh, for insurance deadlines. Insurability. They, that's the last thing they look at. And then all of a sudden they go, oh, wait a second. My insurance is going to be $8,000 a year. I was making on 3500 a year. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you guys are looking at it, I, I encourage my clients to look at that first. Yeah. And you can call your insurance agent and they can run a report on a specific address and give you an estimate on what you're going to pay. Yeah. Before They'll give you, you a deck, pa- deck page. Well, before, before you yeah. even put an offer in, right? Because I've, and I've seen this happen before. Mm-hmm. Somebody goes in, it actually just happened on, on a, a closing in Castle Rock. They had a budget, they had their monthly payment, right? The lender will do what they can to estimate based on what the previous insurance was on the house. But now we know that that's going up exponentially. All of a sudden, they go under contract, they have their earnest money deposit, they go through the inspection, we get through the inspection resolution, and then 20 days later, all of a sudden, they're bumping up against that, that insurance, property insurance deadline. 
and they go, wait a second, my three quarts was seven thousand dollars. I was banking on four. Now my monthly mm-hmm. payment's going up three hundred bucks a month. You gotta kill it. And now all of a sudden you go back to the lender, and if you're on a razor's edge, and this mm-hmm. happened to us, we were at a forty-six percent DTI after the insurance came through. Thank you. We were at fifty-eight point nine five percent. So we were 0.5% away from not qualifying on a house 20 days after going into the contract because they refused to look at insurance mm-hmm. early enough. And then, you know, they were and you could shop it. I mean, different. there's some... No, that's you, not you what I'm saying is... You definitely don't want prepare. to underinsure your house. Prepare. But, because oof. before, like five years ago, I don't think insurance was really on anybody's mind other than just kind of a nuisance of like, okay, right. it is what it is. But now with the amount of insolvency that we're seeing mm-hmm. based on the amount of natural disasters that are hitting populations or sorry, large areas or large concentrated population dense, areas. Dense now all of a sudden you're running into this issue more and more and more. So if you're looking at purchasing a home or even selling and moving to a new place and just look at it early. That makes complete sense with Castle Rock. Mm-hmm. Castle Rock was not a big city. Mm-hmm. No. We've had so much growth mm-hmm. and insurance went up. Check out our YouTube channel again. We have a whole video on Castle Rock. We actually talk about what they wanted to cop, uh, cap the population yeah. at right at the beginning of the episode. And, and to your point, Oscar, of, you know, not only, not only where, what, but how, right? Yeah. So a lot of the time, and this is why you always hear us say, when you're preparing to buy a house, look at your monthly cost first. Mm-hmm. Because like I said earlier, that's easier to swallow. That's easier to manage. You can go, okay, I can pick up two extra shifts here. I can do, I could sell this on the side, Stop whatever it is. Starbucks. Yeah, no. whatever, you know, or no avocado, avocado toast. toast. <laughs> hey. And whatever the boomers are saying Well, let's days. not get, let's not get carried away. That damn avocado toast is delicious. Which, by the way, I'm going to say this once an episode from now on. Boomers, sell your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Boomers, sell your house. Please. Sell your Move. house. They have a, not going to happen. On. Where are they going to go? Okay, They have Move amazing on. senior living. It's oh, not man, the 1980s. No, they, you know, a lot of them don't like playing bingo or socializing. They have bowl. My grandma would not get along with any of those people. That the sexual escapades that happen in senior I living communities I do not want to know about sexual incredible. escapades with old I'm, people. I'm just saying, man. I feel uh, like that could be a whole other episode. Have, I, I didn't know that was a thing. That's yeah. why, so it's like, I mean, I guess it's I'm not going to be life, part right? of that episode. It's like moving back into the dorms in college. I mean, college, hey, when you've been when sneaking you've up and hey. all that life has to offer, and you're just sitting around a bunch of people who are like, yo, I'm just trying to live the rest of my life. What else are you going to do? I'm trying to live my life, man. <laughs> I'm hey, just trying to have that well, one What's experience. that one reality show uh, uh, down below? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seniors edition. Yeah. Um, exactly. Wheelchair no. bound and gagged. <laughs> so, so where we're getting at is... Um, you know, not only is it going to affect your monthly payment in your pocketbook, you may not like it, but it might tear the deal apart. Yes. If you're if you're on a razor edge on the debt to income, that's what DTI is. The bank's not going to want you to spend more money than you make, <coughs> so it might kill the deal. So, do your due diligence upfront with the insurance. And again, the house may be the reason. It is, and, 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 that's then, why and then how do you how do you how do you attack that right? right? Because it's not on the buyer at that point. The seller went and did. I mean, they they filed. Every insurance claim they could. Yep. And they, they, any insurance company be like, hell no, I'm not going to insure that. Uh-huh. That house has problems. Yep. And it's a stigmatized property at yep. that point. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with you, with the yeah. buyer. Well, and we, how, how often do we say this, right? Work with, work with somebody that you trust. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. Um, now, I mean, and, and again, is... I'll, I'll say it right now. I, was, <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but obviously I've had some medicine. <laughs> I went up against um, an earnest money dispute not too long ago. And, a week ago, the agent, the managing broker, and one of the leading real estate attorneys, and they took my freaking contract apart. Yeah. Agent couldn't do it. Didn't want to give it up. We were in every right to get the, insur- the earnest money back, but they were pissed. Yeah. Sellers were pissed. Managing broker called me, and instead of having a civil conversation with me, she was trying to wrong me. And I said, I'm not trying to wrong anybody. I have a buyer. 
that I can't buy, and now he's in dire straits. Couldn't argue the point with me, so they got the attorney involved. And obviously the attorney's going to know how to spin anything because if I would have wrote it how he wanted to, he would have still spend it mm-hmm. because there's nowhere in our contracts to write in what and how we structured it. And mm-hmm. I did everything right. So with that said, get a realtor that knows what they're doing because I still got – they wanted to keep all of it. My clients ended up keeping 75%. Yeah, and there's yeah. there's there's creative ways, you know. And again, I because anybody could spin it anyway in real estate. Yeah, mm-hmm. they can. But my my main point is and shout out to Kyle. He had my back. My main point is the um, be prepared. And we want to we wanted to talk about it because a lot of people and we right. What's the average time? Five to seven years mm-hmm. between when people buy houses, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Most years. individuals will not have an insurance claim in those seven years that you own the house. Mm. Most likely, unless you're in Colorado and it's a hail damage, but even then, you probably won't have the claim until you're selling your house and somebody inspects the roof and goes, hey, by the way, there's hail damage. And, so you just and go know. the extra mile and get the hail resistant Correct. because that's only going to save your butt. Right. Well, and but the, well, real quick. Yeah. So the point is, we don't expect you guys to keep up with these, but mm-hmm. it's important to understand yeah. the context of why we're preaching this whole climate issue when you're moving because it's going to have a larger impact we're talking about insurance now. We're going to talk about a couple other things, but a very big impact on your pocketbook, checking account, your mortgage payment, all that qualification. So do your due diligence early and understand why. And it's not like it's unfair, right? Yes, insurance sucks. Nobody likes insurance, but you also don't want insurance to go insolvent because the one time it does happen to you and you call your insurance agent and say, hey, uh, a house fire took over my house. I need help. And they go, yeah, sorry, we're actually out of business. Mm-hmm. So we're going to refund you your uh, premium. Good luck. Good luck. You don't want that to happen either. So the yep. bank's gonna be pissed, by the yep. way. Yeah. And you still owe on that mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> like you still yeah. well, pay the You note. might be stuck with you the mortgage the note. in a house you don't live in. You pay and another note. and another important note on that, you know, as because what we're seeing a lot of, especially here in Colorado, is we're seeing people leave for greener pastures, right? <coughs> and we're, we're Good seeing, luck. Well, well, we're seeing. I'm just kidding. No, I, I agree. I'm I I'm eating I'm eating it right now. But I love Colorado. I want to stay here. But what I mean by that is we see people that grew up in Colorado that rarely ever saw an ocean, that rarely ever, ever saw monsoons, hurricanes, ever dealt with high winds, ever dealt like hurricane winds, ever dealt with high rain and flooding in basements, stuff like that, because they're moving from a place like Colorado to Florida. Uh-huh. And oh. so it's as you're looking and as you're exploring, you know, ask questions, go visit, ask the people in the communities that you want to know, what is this like? How, <laughs> go how visit does this during work? one of their bad seasons yeah my mom's one of them mm-hmm. so all of my mom's my uncles moved to florida well one uncle has been there forever i have family in florida and um he's had a very uh persuasive influence on all his siblings my mom being one of them and uh his brother all my uncles are down there now they're in punta gorda and my mom wants to move down there my mom hates bad weather she hates the cold so that's why florida's like every time she visits it's like oh my god it's warm. the the <laughs> beaches and i said no go during their monsoon season you're gonna be depressed it rains every freaking day mm-hmm. and, and you know what 50 degrees in florida is freaking cold because it's so humid mm-hmm. it chills you to the okay. bone let me let me go ahead and flip the script on it you think florida you go oh well yeah hurricanes high winds rains i right? want to see my mom during right. a hurricane but you, she'll but bring you say, her ass right back. But you say monsoon. Sorry, mom. But but, but but you say monsoon season. What's a what's a state that people go? Holy shit! It never rains there. It's just dry and arid. Arizona, never in Arizona. Southern California. Right. Oh, no, no, well, Arizona. Arizona, Arizona, right? Yeah. There's 
You don't re- if you're thinking about moving to Arizona, make sure you're not in a monsoon or flood area because that shit happens. Well, and you know what? So <laughs> and it floods because a- it's so dry, yeah. so it keeps yeah. the water up. <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, and think about it this way, right? So we talk about I think this kind of segues into migration patterns, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big trends to look for going. <laughs> you what? say migration patterns and all. All I can hear is. Here we see the average human trying to avoid <laughs> clinical I thought, disasters. I thought animals and hunting as well. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. The human is trying to avoid natural yes. disasters. So here is the migration route. Yeah. But, I mean, so if you think about it, what is one of the most expensive cities in the United States to live in? New it's York. In, no, it's in California. More San than New Francisco. York? San Diego. San Diego. No way. Ah, yeah. the whales of a giant. But why? Why is San Diego so expensive? San Diegans. But be... Why is San Diego so expensive? Um, it's because all avoc- avocado it never rains. toast. It never rains. It's 82 degrees, it's whether it's January shipyard. or July. Mm-hmm. It's a temperate climate. Military. They don't have a ton of wildfire concerns. Like, it's it's the perfect weather mm-hmm. if you look at it. But it's so expensive, so people want to live there because of, you know, after activity, so on and so forth. You know their houses, they don't have HVAC systems? The, no, because wow. it's, yeah, it's my 82, sister-in-law just moved and then from it's there. 62. Mm-hmm. So all you got to do is crack open a window, and you're good to go, right? My point is, people don't understand, like... In the grand scheme of things, like if we're looking like individually, I have my reasons to move somewhere. Somebody else has their reason to move somewhere. But the biggest reason for people to move is going to be cost, right? Right. They're going to go into lower cost the biggest areas, factor. like we talked about it, right? Yeah. But what's going to happen is as these mm-hmm. things start to affect the coastal areas, you know, Colorado, you just said it. People yeah. are moving out because insurance claims are going higher. Well, most people are now wanting to move to lower cost areas. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what happens if everybody moves from the Sun Belt to the Rust Belt? Yep. Well, or to now, the Bible Belt. Or the Bible mm-hmm. Belt. Now, all of a sudden, those low cost areas, you're going to see those property values probably increase yep. right. because of the migration pattern of people. The likewise is true as people get older. Right? Genius. You Case don't in want point. To, Colorado. Jesus. Right. Genius. Genius. No, There's you're a right. reason. <laughs> because the Bible Belt, okay, you got the Southern. Uh, it's not expensive. Right. I, I, don't, no. I don't know. Fact check me. It's, it's not, not. It's not. Crazy no. expensive no. to live down there. Mm-hmm. But what if everybody goes there and then a natural disaster happens, insurance goes up, exactly. everything starts goes up. Right. Uh, yep. uh, uh, People eat up all the food, and more food needs to be imported. It, it costs money yeah. when there's I mean, shit, den- look at, population look at, density look costs at money. Uh-huh. Look at look at the Hoover Dam right. in general. Arizona again, like these places are coming to us because they're like, we need your snowmelt, we need yeah. your water. Like that's now again, you have more cost, higher cost because of what it costs to move the the materials from state to state, what it costs to send over. Now add on the insurance of it, like. Right. We just have so many factors that are coming up against us right now when it comes to costs, not to mention factors in the world that are going on. Well, and, and I think it's, it's exacerbated now because previous to COVID, right, we, the migration pattern was really built based off of the age of the population. And jobs. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. But my point, right. Yes. So mm-hmm. you move to where jobs are when you're younger. Yep. Raise a family. You have the white picket fence. You commute from the suburbs to the city. Blah, blah, blah. You can't go past 40 miles because of traffic, so on and so forth. Then the kids move out. And then you're empty nesters. So now maybe you buy a secondary home because you don't have the kids at home. And then when you retire, you don't want to deal with snow and shoveling and all that kind of stuff. You want to golf. So you now move to the Sun Belt. You move to Arizona. You move to you know, Florida, some, one of those areas, right? That was all based off of age for the most part mm-hmm. because the work piece kept people yep. uh, stacked. Well, I mean, now... There's, there's, there's a lot of factors, right? Because um, Arizona, snowbirds. No, um, that's what I'm saying. My yeah. in-laws are from Minnesota right. and uh, my my uh, father, my grandfather-in-law, he was a snowbird, he had to have 
nice house in Arizona. So you have to factor in income as well. It all ties in, right? Right. But my point is, previous to COVID, the migration patterns of the human species Mm -hmm. was based off of age (laughs) and where they were at in the workforce. Mm -hmm. Now, with the advent of working from home and Mm -hmm. working remotely, the workforce part isn't keeping people in an area, right? Like my wife can, if we wanted to, we could move to Arizona tomorrow. You Mm -hmm. move anywhere. And she could keep the same deal. But my point is, so now what happens, now you've got maybe more affluent millennials or Gen Xers that are able to now move into those areas Mm -hmm. and not want to deal with it. So the the patterns have shifted. And and I think that's like an unspoken thing right now, right? right? Because my neighbors, um, I just talked to them uh, today um, and we had invited him over because our uh, Nolan and, mm-hmm. and her son, they go to the same school and they wanted to hang out and we were going to have him over on the weekend. And they said they might be going to Minnesota for a Christmas party right. because that's where her husband works. Right. They live here. Yeah. And he works in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So that's like an unspoken thing that's well, we see becoming it, a trend. We right. see it right here. Look at, we, we have an episode on Sloan's Lake on the channel, but look at Sloan's Lake area. Don't mm-hmm. swim in that lake. But, don't, well, As don't a native, swim, but, don't you dare but swim in that lake. we've seen a population boom mm-hmm. in that area specifically because they are building homes specifically for yes. millennials that are working from home, that are in the tech industry, that can take the rail from Sloan's Lake into Denver if they need to. But like that is a perfect example of what Jameson is talking about, yeah. is that as society shifts, as these opportunities shift, yeah, 100%. Like I make, you know, I make I make videos for a living. I sell real estate. I could do that anywhere. So, yeah, in my mind I'm going, why the hell would I buy a house for $600,000 in Colorado when I could move to Western North Carolina right now and spend $280,000 right. and get a house that I could never dream of having here? Yeah. Like those are thoughts that are my happening. Colorado pride is going to say because we're not you're not here in my mountains, but my yeah. non-Colorado pride is you should. So <laughs> no, I right? yeah, right? yeah. yeah. No, like, well, and I think that's like, the that's the part of it because we always talk about market trends, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to climate change, the um, the freedom for people to move mm-hmm. based on where they want to go now because of the workforce and whatnot, if they want to yep. get rid of the snow or their insurance is too high because of natural disasters in this state or the other, it makes the market, I think, I think more unpredictable Yes, or it moves faster because well, you can get up, pick up and move and still have the same job and do the exact same thing. Whereas mm-hmm. before you kind of had to suck it up. And as the population was less, you know, there wasn't as much fluctuation in cost of insurance and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's harder to predict, but the one of the things I wanted to bring up, and this is the flooding thing, just going back to what Oscar's saying, things that are making people move. So right now, there's 14.6 million properties in the United States that face a 1% annual probability of flooding, which would then lead them to have to have flood insurance, right? By 2050, so it's what, 2024 technically? Mm-hmm. So we're talking 25 years, yep. right? So in 25 years, that 1%... Uh, or that 14.6 million properties that face 1%, it's going to jump to 11%. Mm-hmm. Right? So let's let's spin it. 11%. Let's spin it to the migration human <laughs> crap that you've been talking yeah. about earlier. Um, I suck at voices. Uh, so let's look at it that way. And instead of climate change, it's just climate damage mm-hmm. and where people are going to migrate and occupy, right? So let's say that, that I always look at whatever mathematical equation they use it can be skewed at, skewed at any time yep. so people are going to avoid those places right so now the bible belt mm-hmm. populated maybe right or colorado populated maybe because they're avoiding floods now if the coastal cities are going to come in 
Charlotte, North Carolina is one of the highest population growth by percentage per capita mm-hmm. in the entire country right now. I've never been. I was supposed to go to Hogshead, Hog Hilton Head, Nags Head, some head, Nags Head. Either Nags Head or it was like, like Golf Town or something. <laughs> Hilton, like that Gol- Hilton Head is in South yeah. Carolina. Yeah, yeah. You haven't, that's where Harbor Town is. Great, great course. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. I, I was supposed <laughs> to visit anyway. So um, the mic, mic, migration, migration the patterns, yeah. migration patterns of where we're going to go will skew that. But again, that's where you have to make the wise decisions, right? Mm-hmm. right? So it's patterns of what we're going to do that climate's going to cause, and instead of like climate change, it's like climate cause as and, always and the damage preparation well, preparation. Put it, what you just said right you said the bible belt mm-hmm. so the bible belt right now is affordable mm-hmm. you go to like wichita kansas you go to norman oklahoma you go to topeka you wichita go to, kansas fun by the way it's a college uh, you know uh, <laughs> I partied there. yeah right wherever just I partied in general college. I christian college um <laughs> me it's, too Furman. it's affordable because there's not a lot of demand mm-hmm. there's plenty of space to build right yep. so now and i'm just going to take this damage right so uh the expected annual damage to residential properties now Due to flooding, $32 billion a year. Okay? That's being paid by the insurance companies. Mm-hmm. In 25 years, that's supposed to increase by almost 50%. Holy crap. Okay? Mm-hmm. In 25 years. So if that's the case, most likely those areas in the flood zone, all the popular coastal areas that we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And this is just flooding. That is going to now drive those people out, not because they don't want to live there anymore mm-hmm. or they can't like physically live there because it's flooded, because flooding happens all the time. Mm-hmm but it's going to be a cost issue mm-hmm. and they are going to be forced out. And if they do go to somewhere like the Bible belt, now you're going to see an uptick in demand to build houses and communities in the Bible belt, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what else does the Bible belt is the Bible belt known for besides the weird signs that you see when you drive where it's like, <laughs> don't have an abortion sex shop. Don't have an abortion, larger sex shop. <laughs> no, I think Tennessee for a while, it said enter at your own risk. Yeah. yeah. It was from the police department. Yeah. But what else Sorry, they guys. have is it's also Tornado Alley. Yep. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And if every other natural disaster is getting more, more severe, then now imagine in 25 years, we have this influx into the Rust Belt and the Bible Belt, but now, and the same amount of tornadoes happen, but you've got 10 times the population. What do you think is going to happen? And then let's factor into this. This will tie it into property values. I said this, I think, 10 episodes ago, I want mm-hmm. to say. We were talking about why buying a house is a great investment. Because every 10 years, the value of a house doubles, right? So in 25 years by 2050, I think we said the average price of a home in the U.S. is a million bucks. Okay, so now what do you have a million-dollar cluster of homes in Norman, Oklahoma, no, that no, gets no. ripped through by an EF5 tornado? Right. And but the insurance has to pay that out now. What on is the that going like? I'm sorry, <laughs> Montana, Nebraska, uh, Wyoming, Idaho, where those disasters don't happen, but they're not populated, right. heavily populated. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen? And Yet. It, well, <laughs> Yet. where everybody, and you know what? Some of my favorite people came out of California, but Californians have to flee somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have to go somewhere. Especially it's once they break off those from states, the United right? States. So right. we have a lot of states <laughs> that have very, very low population. I think in the future where it's going to skew those numbers, I love playing devil's advocate, is that they're going to migrate to those, st- those states, which aren't bad states because I think Google opened in Oklahoma, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, Oklahoma, really? Oklahoma City? What the hell? Cowboys and, and, and whatnot are down there. Blake Shelton. They have a basketball team. <clears throat> You know, well, I'm so gonna say is shout gonna, out, shout out to the millennial generation, baby. We're we're slow in population growth, so millennials, we're helping <laughs> you save on your insurance. <laughs> but there, so there, but there's another good cost, right? So now the other <laughs> baby boomers are like, 
pussies. The third, <laughs> the third leg of this, we, we populated about, this city. We talked about insurance, mm-hmm. right? And then we talked about people moving to and from based on mm-hmm. natural disasters right. and affecting home values and, and that. Now look at property taxes, right? Yep. So one of the big things with property taxes is most areas, property taxes are based off of home Levies. values. Right? Levies. Home values. Yeah. Okay. So right now, it's estimated just in Florida alone that home values in Florida are inflated, overvalued by $50 billion. Holy crap. Okay. So what happens it's if all the like insurers... Kind of like a former president's evaluation of his estates. But anyway. Anyway. What happens if all the insurers, <laughs> all the insurance companies pull out of Florida? Mm-hmm. Now everybody's got to finance their own insurance, right? Well, now what happens if they got to finance their own insurance and a Category 5 hits Miami, South Beach, causes $8.2 billion in damage? That's not a lot right. in that city. But what's going to happen to property values? Skyrocket. No, they're going to go down. Oh, yes. Sorry. Because people are moving out because right. they can't afford to live there because they can't afford insurance and they don't want to rebuild because they would have to come out of pocket $1.2 million on a $900 or nine hundred. dollars You just got done visiting. Uh-huh. Yeah. That place is awesome. I love it. My point is, people are gonna be like, if people, all right, I'll pay. It. If Screw people it. can't you afford, ever been to West Palm? But if people like, can't it. afford I'm, to I'm live, staying. if people can't afford to live there, mm-hmm. and home values tank, right. property taxes tank, and in areas where property taxes are relied upon to fund things like your fire, your police, your water, all the utilities, municipalities, all that. You mean the things that respond to these natural disasters? Yes. What is going <laughs> to happen? Now all of a sudden, you're going to have budget constraints, mm-hmm. and when something does happen, instead of ten fire trucks showing up in a community hit by a tornado, it's going to be one. You see what I'm saying? Just case in point, I got in a car accident in November, and we were right outside Denver. I'm talking legitimate. I could see Denver Police Department from my accident location. And we waited for two and a half hours, Mm -hmm. and not one cop came or was able to come because resources are that tight for them. Right? Like, and that's what we're gonna start experiencing. And that's a great point. And and that's why like Property tax, too, and especially here in Colorado, it's a touchy subject, right? We're, we're trying to figure out yeah. how, yeah, how yeah. we're regulating it. We're paying way right. too much, paying too little. But, well, and uh, again, Gallagher, all that stuff. But again, it plays into the whole realm of, of basically, to tie it up with a bow, what Jameson's talking about is you have all of these factors that are playing in to insurance, home values, and, and these things that are, again, like I said at the beginning of this episode, out of our control mm-hmm. based on things that... In all reality, if we would have gotten a handle on years ago, if right. we would have made an understanding years ago, we might have been able to stop it. But multiple people have said, we're kind of at a teetering point and we're teetering over the edge right now. Yeah. And so it's not something that we're, we're sitting here going, it, it's on us and we need to... No, it's on us to learn how to, to deal with it, right? And it's it, how to control it. One mental health tip for you guys. Control what you control. Control what you can control, right? And what we right. can control are things like how much we pay for our deductibles and what how much that, that costs us. We can pick where we're going to live and why we want to live there based on natural disasters, how it happens. And we can choose how much we can afford mm-hmm. based on all these things. And those are the factors that we, you know, all come in culmination for, for today's topic, which is how climate change and natural disasters affect the housing market. Yeah. Right? I always and, think it's funny that like we, 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 we see ourselves as these powerful, this, the most powerful species on yeah. the planet, right? I'm just saying, we do. Uh, yeah. I want to see you wrestling a grizzly bear. But all, all you got to do, <laughs> I just say, all you gotta do is drive down I-25 after it snows like two inches oh, yeah. and just see the graveyard of cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you go, all it took was a two-inch snowstorm. Mm-hmm. And it just put, it probably caused, I don't know, each car is $30,000, right? So there's 10 of them. There's $300,000 in damage mm-hmm. and 18 accidents and a traffic slowed. And all this, that's all it took. That's, that's it. all it took. And it wasn't even a bad snowstorm. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, it's 60 degrees and it melts, right? Imagine... 
coming home, like in Highlands Ranch, and an F1 tornado, which is nothing, destroys your family home of 25 Uproots years. Uproots a tree. Uproots a tree, <laughs> yeah. throws it into your roof, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. We will always be at the mercy of the climate in general. Mother nature. And whether or not you believe in climate change or you don't, what you do have to believe is the climate stays the same, we're just, there's more of us in more mm -hmm. areas. You look at Arizona, right? Yeah. Arizona, and this is something that people don't quite understand. From what? I think it's June until August. Phoenix this year set a record where they had the most consecutive days over 120 degrees, mm -hmm. okay? I've got buddies that live in Phoenix. And if I've you've never them. done it, you have to go experience it. I've, it is I've asked them, ridiculous. Right? <laughs> yeah. I've done it. Yeah. It's oh, ridiculous. No, I've asked them. Death Valley in the middle of June. Oh, my Let's, God. Yeah, talk about I've, that. I've asked them. And I was like, uh, one of my buddies, Connor, uh, I've known him since high school. I was like, dude, so what? Like, you, you've lived there now for, mm -hmm. you know, three years. He bought a beautiful house. He's got this great pool, sweet outdoor kitchen like it's dope right like it's a sweet it's a gorgeous house and i go so like during the summer what do you do he goes well we don't go outside <laughs> i'm like well what do you what do you mean he goes you can't go outside I go, yeah we got a pool he goes doesn't matter <laughs> at 120 degrees you can't get into the pool mm -hmm. right so Maybe now you look midnight. at it and you say okay well you know like you talked about arizona doesn't get rain they do have a monsoon season mm -hmm. which is he sent me videos because no trees grow there, it's just like a burn area in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. When it rains, it floods mm -hmm. because there's nothing to stop that water. So my, I guess my point is like just be aware that when you guys are looking at different areas, take into account everything. Mm -hmm. Talk to a local expert, right? I talk to people all the time about the snow here. And they go, hey, man, you, you, we were on the phone for an hour yeah, yep. about a new car you wanted to buy. Yep. And you go, I don't know, dude, just get this one. It's real-wheel drive, but I can put snow tires on it or I can spend like – 60 yeah. bucks more a month and I can get an all-wheel drive and throw snow tires on it. And I told him, I go, dude, I've lived here for mm -hmm. 17 years. Get an all-wheel drive Subaru, throw snow tires on it. I am winter. now a full Coloradan, ladies and gentlemen, Subaru Crosstrek right? owner. But my point is, <laughs> that, like, really we, cool. talk about, we talk about real estate being local. Mm -hmm. Climate's also local. And yep. I believe, and I could be alone on this in a, lot of the, in a lot of ways, but I believe that climate is going to be a very large factor in people's decisions on mm -hmm. where and when and how yes. they either buy homes or construct homes going forward, right? Absolutely. I drove driving down Fort Lauderdale, dude, mm -hmm. and I was, you know, I'm a realtor. I'm looking at all the different uh, houses for sale and all of them. There's a bunch of new constructions oh, that are yeah. out there, the big mansions. Every single one of them was being constructed like f the Pentagon, yep. just columns of concrete mm -hmm. yeah. columns of concrete and then openings and bridgeways and breezeways so that when they do get these storms they pass through and whatnot yep. is it going to be more expensive yes but mm -hmm. is it also more expensive if you're going to live in that area does it make sense to pay that kind of money mm -hmm. right if you're in colorado and you're doing an insurance claim or you're you're partnering with somebody and buying a house mm -hmm. and they say well do you want class three or class four shingles yeah there's a difference yeah mm -hmm. do you want a roof certification for five years yes mm -hmm. like there's different things that you want to do yeah. if you're in phoenix do you want to make sure that your AC uh, unit is, I don't know, probably the most high-efficient AC unit that you can buy so that you don't have to replace it every two years after you're at 120 degrees for, for 97 days in a row? Like, there's a lot of things to consider. So just make sure you're working with somebody super local that understands the market. But, again, we live here, too. Like, you know right. what, Jameson? That, that, sounds like, that sounded a lot like a one-rock take. I know. Oh, wait, hold on. And, and I want to add on to that really quick. So instead of, like, climate change, it's climate pattern, right? Yeah. Because it's going to tie into where everybody's going, and it's going to affect where you're, where you're going to move to. And then on top of that, I love that we have this podcast for, you know, we provide information to you, but it, it kind of refreshes a lot of things for me. Mm -hmm. I know this stuff. It's in the back of my mind. If it doesn't need to come up, it doesn't come up. Yep. And I need to talk about that more. Why is insurance 
important. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then instead of like climate change, climate, you know, patterns and control. And then that all ties into what we're talking about today, yep. you know, because it's going to affect you, your livelihood, where you put your family and your pocketbook. You're going to love my one rock takeaway. I love it. And on that note, uh, let's go ahead and move into the one rock takeaway for today's episode. If you guys aren't regular watchers on one rock takeaway is just basically we like to sum up what we talked about, give our, give our kind of last, last thought on the, on the topic before mm -hmm. we move into our bourbon review. Um, and I, I'm going to, I, I know I always take it, but you guys talk and I'm just sitting here stewing on it. So go I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to go for the first one. Go for it. My one wrong takeaway is <clears throat> don't let your frustration and anger keep you from learning as much as you can about a topic. And what I mean by that is we started talking about this with climate change and I'm sure a lot of, a lot of viewers, a lot of people right there leaned in and go, well, what the hell are you going to say? Right. But again, Notice that that thought, you, the fact that you wanted to fight that we're talking about climate change could stop you from learning everything that we just talked about, which could save you thousands of dollars over time. Mm -hmm. So my one rock takeaway is don't let your anger and frustration cloud you on a certain topic because you never know how that's going to affect you in other areas of your life. All right. I'm, I'm done on mine. Okay. <laughs> Uh, my one rock takeaway is, again, whether or not you believe in climate change, Mother Nature will always win. <laughs> she don't give a fuck she, about you. She does not give a fuck <laughs> at all. Give less, zero, zero fucks are given by Mother Ask Nature. Ask the dinosaurs. Okay? <laughs> so the only thing you can do, like, I, it's just, that's what I was saying. It's funny. We're like, we're the most powerful. Like, no, dude, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. If an 80 mile an hour breeze... <laughs> Hits Castle Rock, people are like, oh my God, it's so windy. I'm going to go inside. My hair is yep. fucked up. Yep. Like, shut the fuck up. It's yep. bad, right? I'm, I'm sorry. It just is. Um, so when it comes to- The medicine kicked in. When it comes to housing, understand that as our population grows, those factors are going to become more and more important in your decisions on where and when and how, where and when you want to buy and how much you're going to spend on mm -hmm. purchasing a home or selling your home. It is. I'm sorry. Hail's not going away. Nope. Like we, we can usually count on what, maybe three to four big hailstorms a year in Colorado. And our population is growing on average over the last five years by like 17%. Right. Yep. And they're all, we're all in that I-25 corridor in East, which is where all the severe weather happens. Yep. So it, it is what it to your, is. To your point, Jameson, look it up guys. There have been already six extreme extermination events that have happened on our planet that we've proved scientifically. Yes. So whether or not you think that you're going to be okay, Mother Nature does not care what you think. It's going to do what it's going to do. It one one of the most memorable um, weather events for me was um, my dad is a contractor and he was building houses out in Founders here. Oh, yeah. Before Crystal yeah. Valley, before all the meadows wasn't even out here. Yeah. I think it was late 80s, early 90s. Hail was as big as a baseball. Yeah. Tornado touched down. And I remember hunkering down in one of the basements of these unfinished houses, watching it just devastate. Mm -hmm. Dude, side note, but this is actually kind of fun. So my story with when I realized Mother Nature does not give a fuck was back in 1993. So I was like nine, I think. I was just born. 1995. Jesus. Maybe? Yeah. I was like nine or ten. I feel old. Jameson was having life-changing events. And I, didn't <laughs> I was, have I was hitting puberty. I was, I was nine or ten, and we were in, we were in, like 13, man. We were in California. Uh, and we had gone to Disneyland or SeaWorld something the day before. And we were back in our hotel in Orange County. And at 3 o'clock in the morning, 
I got tossed off of the bed because it was that 6.7 magnitude earthquake. earthquake Damn. that hit Orange County. And I woke up on the floor. My dad's grabbing me, throwing me under the bed. The entire hotel is shaking. And I'm sitting there like, I have no idea what is happening, mm-hmm. but this is crazy. Like shit's falling off the walls. The, the, um, the dresser almost hit my sister because she was on the other side of the bed. My mom grabbed her. It lasted for like maybe three minutes and there was some, some after tremors or whatever. And then we were freaked out. So we, my dad worked for Continental at the time and uh, he booked a flight out of, out of LAX the next morning. And as we're driving, I forget, I think it's Highway 5, I-5, right? The big highway, yeah, whatever. So. Well, there was a bridge that was completely collapsed. So there's just the master. And it was a three-minute event, mm-hmm. right? And an entire bridge is collapsed. And then we get on the airplane and we're taxiing. And the aftershocks start happening as we're on the airplane. And the entire airplane is shaking. And I was like, yeah, there's no fucking way that we should even be living on this planet. Like, <laughs> this can happen at any given time. And what am and I you know supposed what, to do? And you know what, man? How do I build a earthquake-proof building? <laughs> the fact that you were, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The fact like, that you were thinking that at eight or nine like, years old is why we're friends yeah. right now. <laughs> so my point is that's why when I say like Mother Nature doesn't care, so control what you control, do your due diligence, understand that there's going to be costs and factors that influence your decisions, and and learn as much of that as you can. And the beauty of it is, like Oscar just said, like in my head, right? If I think the Rust Belt and the Bible Belt are going to see an influx of people because of of climate change. Maybe invest there if you yeah, can. Maybe absolutely, and then just Oscar, sit on it 100%. until all of a sudden those people show up. Oscar, you wanna you wanna give us your one? <laughs> Look at away? the bigger picture. Um, the bigger pictures, um, maybe things that you're not thinking of. Um, don't just hyper focus on your cost of what your insurance is going to be mm-hmm. or where you're living. Look at the bigger picture. Um, what it may or may not do in the future. Um, it has nothing to do with, or maybe does with political views or its climate control, climate change, or climate patterns. Mm-hmm. Look at the bigger picture for yourself. That's it. Yep. I like it. I like it. I think, I mean, I, I think this is just a topic that not only needs to be talked about, but needs to be addressed outside the, the political realm, especially with what we're seeing now. So and, well, guys, and like, with agents like me, ask, yeah. ask the questions well, because they're you. in the back of my my mind yeah. and I know why I'm doing a certain thing, mm-hmm. but maybe question me why I'm but, doing it. And, and thank you guys so much for, for sticking with us. And, and, and here's, here's the cool thing. You know, we, we started the episode talking about uh, where the podcast has come, right? Mm-hmm. And how far we've come. And it's funny because... You know, when we first started, Jameson mentioned it earlier, I'd be sitting in the background like, you're on a tangent, yeah. shut the fuck up, <laughs> you know? And, and now we've gotten to the point where it's like, yo, if you want to listen, listen. If you don't, don't. You yeah. know, our episodes have been going an hour and a half, hour, hour and a half. But again, it's all good information. We're having a good time. We're I will talking. say that no political affiliation would have stopped that 6.6 no. magnitude earthquake <laughs> no. in California. No. Nope. Like, you Not, know what I'm saying? That's a, that, no that money could have stopped it's, it. It's outside of politics. It's just understand that we are... In the grand scheme of life, life is fragile, baby. Well, we are very, very, very insignificant. Mm -hmm. And the only reason we think we're significant is because this stupid computer up in our brain. But realistically, like uh, another example, Iceland. We're beautifully insignificant. In in Reykjavik, they they had to almost, uh, uh, oh my God. The medicine Evacuate. Jesus Christ, <laughs> evacuate the entire city because fissures were opening up in the middle of the streets mm-hmm. because a volcano was erupting. Yeah. Do you think anybody, No. oh, well, I should have voted for this person. That would never happen. <laughs> no, fuck you, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> Ask anybody that lived in Pompeii back in 79 AD. Right. They were like, man, I, I, I don't this, know, man. fuck, there's dude, some, I voted for the wrong emperor, some, and now I'm dead. <laughs> there's, some people, there's some people 
that that swear that the elite meet in in a forest somewhere with just an saying, owl man. statue. I'm just saying, like, and they they orchestrate all this yeah. stuff, you know. At but, the end of the day, like yeah. if you watch hey, a hey, video, hey, don't be don't be bashing my cult, baby. <laughs> all I'm saying, don't be bashing my cult. Like go up go up to your house. What is, what is I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Go up to your house. Yeah, go up to your house next time and just go push on it. <laughs> And be like, man, this thing's fucking solid. And then all of a sudden have an F2 tornado come in and be like, my house is gone. Yep. Yeah, I thought it was going. fucking solid. No, construct a house. You'll see how you're like, really? This is this is what's holding us up? Do mm-hmm. a final walk with us. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And these meat bodies that we are, we're in, <coughs> let a grizzly bear get a hold of you. You'll oh, see how dude, badass yeah. you are. I think it's a great time to move into the Burma review for today's episode. And on today's episode, we're reviewing uh, the Old Forester 1920 Prohibition style. Jameson, I want to start this review by asking you, how you feeling, man? I feel like I would love to go back and live in the 1920s. <laughs> <laughs> this medicine is I'll delicious. Tell you, what, though, like, you know what I'm saying? I've, like, I've subconsciously been, I can't, no, it's not subconsciously. I've been listening to your voice. It's gotten as, better. It's gotten better. I know. Better. It's it has. gotten better. I think I have, your sinuses have cleared. My, I have not coughed as much. Nope. I have not your sniffed as much. Your cough has been suppressed. I, dude, I. Yeah. This is, uh, mm, I'm just saying. Case study, baby. Like, <laughs> wait, wait, watch, listen. Whoa. Ooh. Clear wow. pass, uh, wow. sinus passage. Dude, this isn't. Uh, <laughs> so, did we, we might have to add another factor oh, into our uh, into me. our bourbon our rock rating. None of our opinions are medically. Uh, what, what, what disclosure we, do we have yeah, to throw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not a. We have, yeah, we the opinions not, expressed on the show. We, yeah, the, opinions, the medical opinions uh, expressed in the show are yeah, no, are, our own and are not. Uh, well, the Mayo Clinic said that the. Forrester prohibition is really good for clearing your like, yeah. I'll tell you Oscar what. Oscar told me that I had cancer, so I should just drink this. No, oh, absolutely okay. not. I will. I will say, like, I did not think. I'm holding a JC's glass for all our audio listeners. I just picked up the glass that's been sitting and open. I didn't think that the alcohol could go away more. It did, but it did. Yeah, that doesn't you surprise got it. me. Yeah, yeah. That take it. Take me. it. Put a nose in there. I'm not taking that nose after that nose has been in there. Yeah. No, I'm cured. We just oh, discussed cured. this. Oh, okay. I'm cured. <laughs> but I mean, just, just, just the, the, the way that it, that, that opened, like it, it, you get way more of that fruity. Yes. That fruity tone. And as far as the taste, I've held this for a bit. For mm-hmm. a bit. Um, the darker tones of the chocolate yeah. kind of come through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's also how I can tell I've been better is my taste buds have opened up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Jesus. Like, we're gonna old forester. We're gonna Jesus put together a, a a reel for you. <laughs> I need like, we're gonna, you might have to use, couple up with Pfizer after this. Right, yeah. It's like saying. we got dude. It has to be one of those. Uh, we have to do it. You know what we should do? That would actually be super fucking funny. Hmm. Is do one of those corny um, uh, medical. Right. Commercials? Commercials. Yeah. Pfizer commercials. Where it's like, not the fucking, I got into my A1C. <laughs> like that chick. Yeah. But something where yes. it's like, it shows me with like an overly red nose and like sneezing. <laughs> and and then like I roll over and my wife's like, oh my God, you need to go to sleep. I can't sleep because you're snoring. And then she just takes out that, yep. pours me a shot. I take it and then just, <sighs> and then birds fly yeah. out in the background. Or, <laughs> or even crazier, same scenario, but out of the closet, I come out and like, Old Forester. Oh, yes. Boom. Or even, and oh, then you're you know like, what? even better. Oscar. We're making ads. Even better. Somebody else comes out and offers me, like, goes to give me, like, NyQuil, and you, you just, just slap it out of their hand. <laughs> and then you just go, here's Old Forester. <laughs> and then all you gotta do is zoom in the bottle, medical whiskey. Yep. Like, Absolutely. wait, what? Yeah, and then exactly. I take it, and all of a sudden, like my kid jumps up and she gives me a hug. I love you, Dad. <laughs> like, hey, try to hire us for years. all of your marketing. I, dude, that's, <laughs> my God, I think that would be absolutely genius. Uh, and we got oh, that man. on film. God, that damn would be it. so genius. And then I go, <laughs> I go uh, back and I shoot a buffalo. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> now we're just Jesus. we're getting to old spice levels of ridiculous when it comes to commercials. Wearing Look at that. Awesome. Look at the whiskey. Look at Man. me. Look at the whiskey. Peter's gonna me. come after us now. <laughs> Shit. That's great. Well, I mean, in so just to get, to get back to the whiskey of it all, <laughs> we've been watching Beauty and the Beast, and my kids have been wa- and listening to that Gaston song, and yeah. he's like, "Every lunches of his covered <laughs> yeah. in hair, and like all of my decorations and antlers." Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what you need to do, right? Yeah, that's exactly. part of the commercial. I'll go shirtless, and like Charlie can like Photoshop my chest hair growing as my sinuses. Yeah, your new name is Gaston. Oh, you guys, man. old forcer, you're, you're reach out to us. Reach out to us. Love um, it. No, but to, to get billion dollar idea to, to, to hone it back into the whiskey. Uh, honestly, as it opened, the 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 sweeter notes definitely came out a little bit more. Yeah. In the flavor and on the nose, um, definitely on the on the sip though, it's that letting it open. That ethanol is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like legitimately no no burn in it. It did what it was supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Hope we know. And, I could definitely see how if, if, you know, during Prohibition era, if you just had a bottle of this sitting, you know, whether it be in a decanter in a bottle or, you know, a little alcohol bottle, like the longer you had this bottle that was open, the easier it would be to take as a medicinal, you know, piece, uh, medicine, whatever. But the flavor in general. I wonder if that had anything to play with uh, the proof, Mm -hmm. the higher proof. So it opened up and maybe the proof went down. So it was still effective. But maybe just out of the, out of the, off the bat. No way that this is 115 proof. Agreed. Yeah. Like, this is, no. This, this is no the way. smoothest 115 proof. Yeah. If I could say something, it, it's a fun. It's a yes. fun drink. Yes, absolutely. It's like, a fun I, drink because it, it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It's a job done. This and would make it, one hell of a fun an old, drink. Uh, one hell of a Manhattan. I feel like this. I'm, I'm going to go back to the camp, the campfire thing. Mm-hmm. Oh. This would make such a good campfire bourbon because nobody would see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a not. sudden, after like you know, like a couple pulls, mm-hmm. everybody's having a good time. Like, wait a second. Like this medicine just kicked happened. in. Yeah. Yep. I agree. And, and, on, and again, on ice, we've been a couple drops of water. I don't even think it needs it. We've, it we've, doesn't need it. But I, I do think that it, putting this, putting this on the rocks would, would, would give it, would it, ha- it would help open it faster. Yeah. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And absolutely. I think we've, we've been, we've been drinking a lot of these high, mm-hmm. this high proof bourbon for a while. Well, no, actually, and we, we, oh, le- we, we left off I'm on, curious, on the low though, one. Cause this might be the cedar comes through so much on the nose. This might be the highest. Is this the highest proof bourbon we've had? No. No? No. 115 has not been the highest. I think we did, we did one, one higher than did this. Did we do a 118 maybe? 118, no, I think. I, I want to say 120. 120, I think, was the highest what was that it? we did. Do you remember? I can't remember. I don't remember. We need a fucking But drink. this is, for the proof, Yeah. Right. It's a it's a fun drink. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's no, just, that's what, what I, I'm saying it's, is, I, I, it's complex. If I remember but not correctly, complex too much. The one that we did that was high proof, we did. We're like, this is yeah, this fire. hits you. Yeah, um, guessing. Yeah. And no, I think barrel proof. No barrel proof no, is not one fifty. Like so all right, so yeah. Oscar, now before we before we give our ratings, uh, if you guys watch the show or listen to the show regularly, like one thing that we play into our ratings pretty heavily is the cost Price. of the bottle. So Oscar, what? How, how much does this one run? I bought it at um, Crystal Valley, so yeah. they're. Their their prices are sometimes good, sometimes. I good. just like to support my boys over there. Me too. So I I stopped going to the other one that's yep. here because we know him. Yep. Uh, so I stopped there. Uh, one sixty five, I mean one sixty five, sixty five. Sorry, okay. I was. <laughs> I was gonna say. Damn. No. I was like, no, no. Jesus. No. Six, Thank you, bucks. sir, for, for yeah. doming wow, us. Wow, I'm gonna no, 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 no. this back in. No, no. Sorry, sorry. I was. I, okay, I kind of went on sixteen hundred and fifty pesos. Okay, so just for, for everybody, for all the listeners, at sixty-five, this one is hand in hand with Dexter, which yes. Dexter was 
and, and again, we might have to redo an episode on Dexter. But Dexter so was ninety. I still haven't had Dexter. Yes, yes. Well, that, I was gonna say just so Dexter, so Oscar could have. We I'd, might have I'd to redo down. it. I'll do it. Yeah. And you know what? Actually, no. We'll do it this way. We'll do the weeded. Yeah. Because the yeah. weeded seventy four. Okay. okay. So Perfect. it'd be in line with the old elk weeded. Perfect. Okay. But I'll pick that up. I mean, I I personally like this. Obviously, when I saw one hundred fifteen, it, it was I, I was a little scared, you know, because the the higher. I was proofs, scared until I smelled it. Yeah. And well, oh, like, when we, you know what I mean? Oh, right when I poured it, I was, I was blown yeah. away. But at the same time, it, obviously you see 115 proof and something else that I want to touch on too, because a lot of the time, you know, I, I've touched on it a couple, couple times throughout our reviews, but the, the body feel, the, the, the feeling of this is not a, a dirty 115 proof. Uh, like no. this is 100%. It's a classy 115. Yeah. Like it, you it's can a, tell that, yeah, you can a, tell that this mash bill was made to be able to function correct. when you drink it. it. It's yes. going to, it's going to get the job done, but it's going to have some class and yeah. some complexity. Like for, I, it. for uh, me, I definitely an, feel it. It's in, an eloquent 150. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, it's yeah. not like something that you're going to get. It's a, it's over, you know, hundred plus that you're like, Oh, I'm going to drink it. Yeah. No, it's like, yeah. I can, I feel good. Like, I feel elevated. I Definitely 100%. Remember, I can tell this. Uh, was it la- what did we have last week? The uh, the the blended straight okay. right, whiskey. So, my complaint on that one mm-hmm. was if that was at 100 proof, it would have been a really good whiskey. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. This is that, what that should have been. Yes. I think. Because mm-hmm. the flavor profile is similar. Yep. Because they used those sweeter wheats from mm-hmm. Mississippi or wherever it was, uh, the pastry wheats. And our complaint was it just didn't have enough complexity and kick kick because it was only an 80 proof Mm -hmm. even though it was aged six years Mm -hmm. right so they distilled it down too much and our complaint was man if this was over 100 proof this would be a really good bourbon yeah well i think like this to me Mm -hmm. gives the edge that i like when i like i when i drink a bourbon i'm like you oscar right when i drink a bourbon i want to know i want to know i'm drinking but i'm drinking bourbon but i also want to enjoy it i want to choke it down right right Mm -hmm. and i think this is a phenomenal balance i think this appeals to both sides of the spectrum like if i'm a newer bourbon drinker but i want to get into something that's higher proof i think this is great mm-hmm. i'd probably have to put it on the rocks to, to mellow it down a little bit yes right? if you're if you're new to bourbon and you're drinking this yeah. put it on, put the, on rocks. the rocks mellow yeah. it down a little bit if i am a experienced bourbon drinker mm-hmm. then and i want to sip this neat and enjoy the complexities and, and have it open up over the course of a couple hours mm-hmm. this does this for me and mm-hmm. it's not a it's not a buzzkill like no it's 115 proof, yeah. so it's right. 58%. It's, it's good. And, you know and for me, when I say it's a fun bourbon, um, I think it, it just takes me back to the memories that this is one of the bottles that Gabe and I would open up, pop the cork, and we wouldn't put it back until the drinking was See, done. Yep. So JC and I did that with Smoke Wagon. Yeah. yeah. Same thing, right? And that was just is, kind of our bourbon is, that anytime we could buy it, we'd go, I'd go over to his basement, and we'd pop that thing, we'd start playing FIFA or Call of Duty or yep. whatever, yep. and we'd just drink it, and we'd have a great time. Mm-hmm. We'd finish the bottle and get yelled at by the wives afterwards yeah. but we had a great time and it wasn't like a that's sloppy type the, of thing yes. it was just like we enjoyed drinking it yeah, so much this is, yeah, yeah this isn't the bourbon that's gonna jack you up no. you're uh-huh. gonna go downtown don't, and act don't, full. you're yeah. gonna drink this don't drink this for rocky's opening weekend no, no. absolutely <laughs> you're, you're gonna appreciate this we don't talk yeah. about rocky's opening no. weekend anymore <laughs> I, I thought we had yeah that was enough that fight club fight club no so i think this bourbon gives you a lot. Yes, it does. For, yeah, for the yeah. price, it gives right. you a lot. So, on that note, let's go ahead and give our give our rock ratings. And guys, as always, our rock rating is on a scale of one to ten. And the way that we rate this is: the better the bourbon, the closer it is to one. The more rocks you want to put in it, the more you need it watered down to drink it and enjoy it. More additives like coal you need to put in, the closer it is to ten. Um, 
So yeah, what I, I I'm gonna sit back because I I've given the the last couple straight up. I, I want to give what you mine. guys. Mine's a bit skewed just because I have history with this bottle, but I'm gonna give it a two. It's a it's, two. It's my wheelhouse. Okay, I've, I've had it in the past. I have really fond memories. With that it. is the highest rating that you've given a bourbon on the podcast. And again, it has. I think it's tied to a lot of the memories that I've had with this bottle. Which but, I think is. But I think, yeah. but I, but again, I think that's, that, that's the purpose of drinking bourbon. Exactly. By the way. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's, share it with your buddies. Have a good yeah, time. Like, like you don't do the same with vodka. It's not like yeah. I, man. You know what? I'm gonna rate McCormick's a 1.5 because I had the best <laughs> memories of McCormick's at CU with all my. No, buddies. no, no. But you what's the, what's the alcohol that everybody has something to say? Fire tequila. Bro. Oh. Right. Oh, I can't have tequila. Last time I had tequila, I was gutter face down in the gutter, and oh. Yeah, that's why I don't drink Corvo. Right. I can't. So bourbon, I, it's, I love tequila. It, bourbon has, that, it's has this built, place. It's built to, to yeah. make memories. I, yeah. I have really good yep. memories with this bourbon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoy it. It's my wheelhouse. It's complex. The drinkability. There's very, very little that I have to say that's bad about this mm-hmm. one. Um, but it's reserved because of the memories. Right. The memories has a lot to do with it, regardless of the price. Yes, yeah. Uh Listen, I've had a lot of experience with different cold medicines. <laughs> this is probably the best Robitussin bottle I've had yeah. um, in my life. Yeah. So it's good. Um, you know, if they could sell this at Walgreens, whoo, way out here, baby. Profit margins. Uh, no, dude, this is tough for me because um, I think my highest rated bourbon has been Smoke Wagon Uncut Unfiltered, mm-hmm. which is, I think that's 150. That's one of my tops too, though. Mm-hmm. And I think I rated that at two and a half. And Dexter, mm-hmm. I rated it two and a half. That was 90. Yeah. So less. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know, man. I almost. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've, re- mm. I've reserved the one for that unicorn bottle. Right? And yeah. I don't know I'm that just, we'll ever get it. My struggle, though, is I, like, this is the first bottle we've had that I will put up against Dexter and Smoke Wagon Uncut Unfiltered. I agree. Um, and I rated them both at two and a half. I'm just struggling because I'm like, is it because it's medicinal that I want to go a little <laughs> bit higher? Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I almost want to put this, and this would make it my highest rated bottle on this podcast, at like a 2.3. Especially because the other piece of this that I'm taking into account is at 65, mm-hmm. it's the same price as Dexter, but it's higher proof. It's the same proof as Uncut and Filtered, but it's like 15 bucks cheaper. At a liquor store that's known to be. Mm. So I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 2.3. You know, I, I, thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Yep. 2.3. Because I was, I was struggling. Yep. I was struggling. And, and no, I am, I mean, if, I'll tell you what, if I would have read the, the notes before drinking I do need it, to drink this when I'm not sick. Yes. But because I'm also like, this is like me. You're limited like, on oh flavor. my God, I just gave you the fountain of youth. How does it taste? And it actually works. So I'm like, this is the greatest bottle on the planet. <laughs> but Come back, I'll give it a yeah. three and a half. I, I'm right there with you, Jameson. And in the fact that, you know, we've, yeah. I try and be, obviously as we get down and below threes, all of us are like, oh, I don't know about rating this. But I know, I know. Oscar, like out of the gate, man, picking this one, bringing it in, like as somebody who has never tried almost any old forester yeah. like on purpose and to have this bottle that is tried and true before during and after the prohibition like based on the story based on the notes based on the the build and again I want to find this mash bill because the complexity and the the levels of flavor in this bourbon blew me away hands down and you know even just from just from the first sip the but color I, I the color exactly I'm what yeah 
Jim, I'm right there with Jameson. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a 2.3 yeah, on so, this one. Um, 100. Yeah. It, it's the, I think it's overall, like, I think yeah. my, my, um, this is, <sighs> yeah, they did a great, I've always looked for a bourbon that's high proof, but can balance complexity and flavor. Yes. And they did. And they, I think have they done did the best it. job. Yeah, and absolutely. You know, absolutely. I've, I've, I'm always, I've always been the advocate of, Good quality at a, at a reasonable price, mm-hmm. and I think at sixty five dollars is reasonable. No, ab- absolutely, it's especially really, with Dexter being right really there good. at eighty. Like I, I think, yeah, this is hands, yeah, one hundred percent. What did you say it had to be? What less corn? Fifty one percent. It had to be fifty one percent or more corn to be bourbon. Okay, right. so I found the mash bill. Okay, what do you think it is? Don't look. <laughs> uh, based on the taste, I'm I'm forty five. Wait, what? Forty-five percent? No, no, no. It's higher, so it is a bourbon. Corn. It is a bourbon. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's so like it could 53. be three. No, no, no. Hey, this makes this is going to make a hell of a lot of sense. Sixty-five, based on the the profiles that we're thinking. Sixty-five. Uh oh. I don't know. Give it to me. Go. Seventy-two. No shit. shit. And it's wow. it, it tastes delicious wow. for that. Seventy-two wow. corn. 18 rye, 10% whoa, malted no. barley. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. the 10% malted barley, that's where the sweetness comes yes. from. Yes. That is a beautiful Mary of a high yep. corn mash with, with a high corn barley. mash is like, yep. Yeah. This is quite wow. the opposite of that. Yeah. Wow. And this deserves right? a wow. 2.3. This yep. deserves the high, high rating. 72% 100%. corn. Yep. 18% wow. rye. Well done. 10% yeah. malted barley. Well yeah. done. That's incredible. Covet that Told you that makes sense, wow. right? Yeah. Covet that recipe. That makes a lot of sense. Because that is delicious. That corn, that corn, Corn, mm-hmm. it, that's where the burn comes from. Yep. But that malted, malted barley, barley is really just sweet. enough. Wow. And that rye kind of brings mm-hmm. it in. It rolls it out. That's where you get that mm-hmm. sit on the back of the tongue. Wow. Uh, okay. Yep. Well, as you guys have seen it, episode 48 of Real Estate Served on the Rocks, we have our highest rated bourbon at 2.3, and it is Old Forester 1920 Prohibition Not style. crazy expensive. Either. Not crazy expensive. It just goes to say, you can enjoy bourbon and yep. have fine bourbon without spending $200 mm-hmm. on a bottle of fucking yep. Blanton's. Because it has a horse on the top. Whoa, I've oh, never dude. spent over $70 on blends. Luckily. <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> are spending 150 plus. And I won't. Right? Um, but guys, on that note, thank you guys so much thank for not only, not only being with us on this episode, but supporting us, getting us over 1,000 downloads and multiple, multiple hours of views and view time on YouTube. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you, and we love doing this for you weekly. This is great for us. We learn. We grow. Remember, you we can grow. always... Thank you. Yeah, we can. You can always reach out to us at R E S O T R at the Mile High Perspective dot com or give us a ring three zero three five seven eight zero two six three. Check us out on YouTube, guys. Like, follow, subscribe, comment. Let us know what you want us to try. Um, we're, check out our shorts. Community. Check it. Yeah, check out everything. We're, it. we're we're gonna really try and bolster in twenty twenty four. It's gonna be gonna be the year. Big of, year, uh, baby. Big year. Big, big year for real estate serving on the rock. So I'm gonna be way more involved. Right. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, guys. Cheers. Thank you so much Thank for you. for cheers. joining us. We'll catch you later. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and for the weekly video version, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living in Colorado, The Mile High Perspective.